powerful collaborations, cutting-edge science, and curious minds coming together for a glimpse of the future. Stay tuned as we look at the latest updates on some of the most promising technology projects. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Peter Ballant from Technicon. Today, we again look at the European Union H2020 project called LEDLAM, which pushes LED lighting to a more efficient and reliable level. What are the project goals and how do partners from across Europe ensure that these goals are achieved? Here to answer that question and more is project partner Dietmar Klien from Tridonic, which is a global provider of smart and efficient lighting solutions here in Austria. Then later, we speak with Paul McCloskey from the Tyndall National Institute, which is a European research center located in Ireland. He gives us the rundown on all partners working in Ludlam and touches on how Ludlam results can influence the consumer market. In other words, how does Ludlam affect you? We were able to talk with both gentlemen as the Ludlam project winds down with a technical meeting here in Austria. Let's go into the studio. Welcome to Technicon. Please introduce yourself and tell us where you come from. Yeah, I'm Dietmar Klien. I'm from Tridonic, located in the western part of Austria, so close to the Lake of Constance. And we are doing business in professional LED lighting. And I'm from the department uh, named uh, Global Technology and Innovation. And we are looking forward for future opportunities, uh, technical opportunities that can be implemented in, in our product segment, which covers LED drivers, LED modules, controls. And this is exactly what the LEDLAM project is about, right? It's developing um, drivers for LED lighting. Yeah, for sure. And especially the goals of, of LEDLAM are brand new for, for or, or very important for, for our business. So getting smaller getting more efficient, getting cheaper to, to enable our customers, the luminaire manufacturer for new fancy and high professional designs where, let me say, the design is dominated by, by the function and not maybe by bulky electronic components. So is this the problem then? Is this the issue that Lelum addresses? It's, it's that the drivers are just too, in many cases, too, too bulky, too big? Yeah, in principle, no one want to have drivers. Uh, everyone want to have only light. And, okay, someone want to have fancy, fancy luminaires as a, as a design object, but drivers are never welcome because this is an extra, an extra part which you have to place somewhere. Normally, they always try to hide it somewhere. So a traditional LED light bulb then gets around this um, because it's, it's a little bit larger. Is that the case? You can hide the driver inside there. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you have to to hide the driver in 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 the socket. Finally, so that's the reason why it not always fits one to one in 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 each uh, incandescent uh, luminaire. So they have also the pressure to 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 make it smaller. But it's also in in our professional lighting where we had also in the past drivers, so fluorescent drivers, for example, or or HID drivers, uh, we have now the challenge due to the new form factor of LEDs, which are completely a different design than fluorescent. Fluorescent is a, is a long, round stick, and LED can be 
can be designed as a flat panel or as a thin stripe. So you have a, a high uh, flexibility regarding uh, design of the light source itself. So the driver, there is no optimum design for the driver in principle. Sometimes a, a long linear driver is good. Sometimes more a quadratic shaped driver or a round driver is good for a luminaire. But in principle, the best solution is always to have a extremely small driver which can be placed in each, uh, let me say, design of, of Luminaire. Okay, and in Ledlam, you've, this project gathers uh, experts like yourself together to build something or to make something. How is this working with people from across Europe? I mean, you can't obviously stand around a workbench uh, to experiment or to show your work. You have to do this through what, teleconference and meetings? What is it like working in that environment? Yeah. <laughs> As an engineer, normally you you prefer to work directly with the other engineers from university and all the other companies because a lot of new ideas and content uh, develops by direct direct face-to-face -face work. But as you said, uh, this is not possible, but we said, okay, setting up uh, transparent goals and time plans that everyone knows, okay, who is working on, on what, make it easier to work, let me say, more or less on independent on, on different locations. We have additionally monthly uh, telcos with the protocols in and also we have uh, technical meetings where we come together and discuss and plan the next steps. Without these personal meetings, uh, I would say it would not be so fruitful and, and efficient because the contact, the physical contact, and let me say that you have a real face on the other side, it's very important in, in this project. So besides development, it's also a little bit of traveling. So you have the benefit of working globally with partners, uh, but you give up some things like the face-to-face. -face. But it sounds like you do have a lot of contact. For example, you're right now here with us in Austria um, for a technical meeting. Um, what happens during a meeting like this? It's, first of all, for sure, it's updates. So we share uh, what was the progress since uh, the last meeting. And as we come physical together, so we have the, the opportunity then to show really something. Uh, so it's not it's not only a slideshow, something like that. It's really a discussion on, uh, for example, physical demonstrators or working together on flip charts on topic. So after this after this update, then also these these working phases are addressed uh, where hot topics are selected, defined, uh, let me say, in a common common brainstorming. And then uh, the people work in mixed groups on these hot topics to define uh, the next steps. So the big part is really the working on uh, technical discussions, on planning of the next phase, not on detailed uh, time planning and resource planning, but planning it on this uh, on this, um, with the focus to define which topics have to be addressed by which company and into, let me say, with which uh, focus point or, or goal. 
And then we have also a little bit uh, socializing, which is also not unimportant. So I would say it's threefold, this, these meetings. And this is very valuable for your uh, portfolio also to see what everyone else is doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's an input beside the daily business. So it's also an advantage. You come out a little bit from the daily business. You see different things. You have new triggers. Yeah, this is... Let me say a very good side of these international projects. And so the good news is Ledlam is almost done, right? The project is almost complete. Uh, <laughs> Time-wise, we are shortly before the end. <laughs> we have demonstrators that show what can be achieved. The goals are extremely challenging. So we come to an end, but we have also to see that some of these challenging goals can't be achieved fully because yeah, it's a technology project, it's a research project. Research has also some risk regarding uh, achieving the goals. So yeah, it has two sides. We have some, some running, running demonstrators, running prototypes. We are very co confident to get really new input for all the partners by using findings from the partners to go on with further developments. But from my personal point of view, I have also to say, yes, it was not possible, for example, to achieve these goals 100% because there were more than 90% size reduction and, and so on. And then during this uh, project, which yeah, three years ago it started, you learned also, okay, what is possible, what is not, not possible. But I think also this is very useful and fruitful to see, yes, we looked at this topic and it is not possible now. Maybe in three years we can readdress some issues. And uh, so for that, I'm, I'm happy with the situation because we have a clear output. We have we come to an end with, with a positive demonstrator and also some findings. Yes, for example, extreme high integration into power power inductors or capacitors on silicon. Okay, this needs some time. Maybe we can readdress it in three years, five years. And then you can, let me say, move it also a little bit out of your head. You can say, okay, I look later to it. And now I can focus it to... I think yeah. most people would look at this and say, well, wow, we need a follow-up to this project so we could really leverage everything we've learned in the past. How does that go with a project like this? Is this technology something that you can use then or your company can use uh, for further development? Yes, in principle, each partner can use it. So the universities use their findings to, let me say, uh, sell the intellectual property. The companies, we have also two companies, uh, we have one company in which makes not LED uh, drivers or uh, components for LED. They make integrated uh, capacitors, for example. They can use the learning regarding the process to, to produce such products for their general product portfolio. And uh, the other companies like uh, VS Redonic, but also Nordic Power Converters and, 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 and Late Group, which is a Luminaire uh, company, they will use the findings independently from each other, tailored to their product uh, portfolios. 
Okay. And I can't help but wonder, this is a project that is completed by different companies around Europe, but it's funded by the European Commission. Who is it that said in the beginning, hey, we should explore this technology, or this technology is worth funding, let's do it. Is this come from the industrial side? Uh, I would say the government give the framework. So they give, let me say, the funding pot, and they define uh, the big framework, the, the big topics. For example, yes, don't know, I, I, I say no, 10 million in, in Horizon 2020 for for products in the area of photonics and lighting. And then um, we as a company, for example, yeah, we look for for what what is important for the future product. So also already in 2000, uh, yeah, in, in, in 2015, we had already an internal, let me say, prototype with a higher switching frequency, but we had the learning yet, it, yes, it is too expensive. So we could shrink the size a little bit. We saw, yes, it, somehow the technology pops up, but we saw it needs more than only the internal knowledge. Then you visit conferences, you try to, to see what is going on outside. And for example, in Ledlum, this was the initial, initial, let me say, trigger. So meeting at conferences, partners from university, they show something interesting. You see, aha, there is a match between the focus of the university, for example, the Technical University of Denmark. And then in, yeah, it's it's like often in the coffee corner, you come together and then, then you say, okay, you have the knowledge, we have the use case, we have these problems, do you think you can solve these topics or together? And then it started, let me say, at the conference contact. And then Due to the network of the companies and uh, the university, you try to find uh, other partners because you have to have a, a certain number of, of, of European partners. And then, yeah, you, you talk with them and, and, and then you hear, yeah, they have the same topics. And then together you try to define a common, a common goal. And with this, you go to the European Union. So I would say... It often, let me say, starts with personal contacts again. They're mostly at conferences where you have the exchange or, or sometimes also at research portals where you see that the university is active in this. It's more difficult to build. So in our case, it was not a direct contact between the business, uh, between the companies, because it's also difficult in, in projects like that, that a, a partner in the project is a competitor of your company. So in, in our case, let me say the university was the kind of, of glue to bring, to bring the different partners together. Well, this makes for an interesting dynamic, I can imagine. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. Well, I want to say thank you for taking the time today from your meeting. Uh, we'll we'll let you get back um, to work with your colleagues. But um, yeah, thank you for coming down a little bit and sharing um, information about Ledlum, which is a interesting project that I think on some level will touch everyone, whether you're a consumer or in the industrial uh, sector. 
Um, it's something that's really important for everyone. So thanks for your efforts in this project. And uh, we wish you much success in the uh, rest of the project. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah. Next up in the studio, we are joined by Paul McCloskey from the Tyndall National Institute in Cork, Ireland. Tyndall is one project partner among many. First of all, welcome, and tell us a little bit about the problem that Ledlam is trying to solve. Okay, so Ledlam, what we're trying to do is improve LED lighting. So the, uh, the LEDs themselves have shown r- remarkable improvement over the years in terms of the efficiency with which they can produce light for the given current and in terms of reliability. But the LEDs in general are uh, supplied with a DC voltage and so what you need is a power converter to to, uh, convert the AC voltage, the mains voltage, to the DC voltage. And this is an area that has uh, lagged behind because the converters are quite bulky uh, and they also can be somewhat unreliable. So d- despite the LEDs having a very high reliability, the, 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 the part of the, the piece that's, that's likely to, to fail first is, the, is actually the converter. Okay, so we could say LED lighting is really cool. But there's a problem. That, and that's this it. Is, and this, and this, is... this consortium is uh, uh, aiming to, to solve that problem. Okay, and you mentioned consortium. This means uh, that this is a team of people from, from yeah. everywhere. Could you talk a little bit about this team? Okay, so, I mean, I think it's, it's, a, it's a very good consortium because it puts together all the right members to achieve the goal. Starting with the... The end product, which is the the luminaire, the actual LED light fitting. Uh, We have a company, LED Group, which is a company based in Ireland. And that's what they do. They produce LED lighting. We also, within the consortium, have Tridonic, uh, which is one of the major suppliers of the power supply, which is quite often called an LED driver. Uh, Then within the consortium, we also have, uh, well, ourselves, Tyndall, and what we are doing is where our, our interest is really uh, the miniaturization of magnetic components. So one of the things that we're doing within Ledlam is actually going to higher switching frequencies, which makes the uh, the passive components getting sm- to get smaller. And uh, we and Tyndall are actually interested in making magnetics uh, go right onto the chip, so make it integrated onto the, the, onto the chip. Uh, we also, within the consortium, have a, a company called Murata, which is a Japanese company. Their area is integrated capacitors, so that's the other side of the uh, passives that, that, that need to, to uh, go into the, the converter. So they're working on, on the integrated capacitor side of things. And then, of course, we have the project coordinated by Technicon. Uh, there's a company, NPC, Nordic Power Converters, and they're actually a company that specializes in very high frequency uh, power converters. And uh, it's a spin-out from uh, the Danish Technical University, which is also a participant uh, within the project. 
And what DTU do is really they do a lot of the power electronics design, right, along with NPC. So, as I say, it's a good mixture of uh, participants that have the right skills to, to bring things together. And with this great team that you mentioned, what have you done so far? Or is there anything at this point that is tangible or what are you proud of? Well, I mean, I suppose we're on a path, right? And, you know, I suppose what we're looking at is how to bring all the things together to make the final demonstrators. And in fact, the way we've divided, we've ended up dividing the project is we have a development path and a research path. And basically the development path is bringing together the technologies that are commercially available or close to being commercially available and using those to produce demonstrator that is not very far away from being an actual product. And then within the research path, we're actually broadening the search in terms of the technologies. And so we can use technologies that are not quite commercially available. So we can aim to achieve more in terms of size reduction or cost reduction by using these technologies, uh, but we're, they're not as close to a, a product. So me as a consumer, I walk into a store, wow, what do I see that could be a possible result of the advances that were developed in Ledlam? I suppose what you would see is a luminar, which is more just the LEDs and the, uh, the the driver for the LED has now got so small that it's maybe disappeared into the fitting. You know, that's that's the, the, the sort of ultimate thing. And what you don't see when you walk into the shop is that uh, the reliability of that has been improved, right? So that it will actually last considerably longer we're saying maybe by a factor of two okay so part of it part of your goal is to make everything smaller smaller and, and more, reliable. more reliable yes how about surprises did you encounter anything that was unexpected during the course of this project but I suppose one thing we didn't really start off deciding to have a development program and a research program you know within this type of thing there's there, there can be a, a certain uh, tension if you if you say right so like we've we've got uh the the end user led group and you know they're they're naturally very f- product focused you know they want a, a product and they want to know you know what's the bill of materials how much is it going to cost and what features are is it going to offer which is perfectly reasonable uh, and then we've got uh, also within the, 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 the team, we've got uh, DTU and ourselves, uh, which are more academically focused. And I suppose, you know, we're interested in contributing uh, to the development path, but we want to really try and push as as far as we possibly can in terms of uh, innovative technology. And I suppose, as I say, we didn't start out with a plan of having two tracks, but it ended up being something that uh, we arrived at as being a way of, you know, accommodating both needs. And I, I think it's quite a, a, a good solution. And one which... Uh, the project officer was quite happy to see, you know, so. Okay, so lesson learned, I guess. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
I, I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy with your team working uh, to complete some certain tasks at this uh, technical meeting. Um, so thank you for taking the time and sharing your views of the Ludlum Project, and we wish you success. Uh, we know it will be busy, but it sounds like things are well underway and uh, the team's working well together. So congratulations for coming this far, and uh, we're looking forward to see how things come out in the end. So thank you for the opportunity to, to, to describe this, this project. This podcast has been brought to you by Technicon. The Ludlum Project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Program under grant agreement number 731466.